And his mercy endures forever. Whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Well, let's look to one another and say, that's you and I. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, those who will join us this morning on our online Bible school. I want to go ahead and make this, I know it's the school of the Spirit, but I still want to make this Apostles' Creed that our belief is the belief of our ministry. Amen. It always has, but it's something I'm going to get and put uh, uh, in the foyer where everyone can see it. And the Apostle Creed goes like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator in heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father, Almighty. And from there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. The Holy Catholic Church. Yo, yo, pause on that. The communion of the saints. The forgiveness of sin. The resurrection of the body. And life everlasting. Amen. So we want to make sure that when we say the Holy Catholic Church, remember, we're talking about the word Catholic means universal church. Amen. It's not the Roman Catholic Church. It is the Holy Catholic Church, which means universal. And so as the body of Christ, that's what we are. We are a universal church. So that's what this Apostle Creed is all about. It is getting all of us to understand the fundamental truths, these uh what I call this should be in stone. This should be rock solid on the inside of us. I'm convinced that, you know, if I don't have this, these foundation truths, then what will happen is that your foundation can be shaken. Amen? And if your foundation can be shaken, I mean, just think about, you know, we look at this building or any building, and you go in and you say, boy, that's a beautiful building. No one, no one, you know, uh, celebrate uh, or give any praise to the dirt. Uh, right? No one give praise to the dirt. No one give praise to all the dirt that had to be loaded in to make sure that this thing was on a solid foundation, that it could hold this foundation. No one gave praise for, you know, uh, pouring all the cement. That cement costs millions of dollars. And no one says, how beautiful that cement, that foundation is. Right? But everyone looks at 
what? The walls, the carpet, the seating. Is that right? We look at all the cosmetics that makes the found what is actually foundation that's holding all of this beauty up. Without a solid foundation. See, this foundation has to be solid, unshakable, if it's going to, you know, endure uh, long term to keep us where we are. And that's the same thing about the Word of God. Can you see that? And so I thought I'd just bring that out before you. But let's go to the 17th chapter of the book of, of John, Gospel. In my segment this morning here, uh, I want to deal with uh, in the 17th chapter here of the Gospel of John. And again, Jesus was dealing with uh, the intercessory prayer. Okay? His intercessory prayer, not only for himself, but for the disciples that he, that the Father gave to him, and also to those whom the Father, you know, in our generation where we are today. And so I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I want to look at the first four verses or first five verses and because we've been dealing with uh, faith in our redemption. And I'm just going to share a little bit of that, but I want you to look at this first. He said, Jesus spoke these words and lifted up his eyes to heaven. In other words, Jesus prayed for himself. Can you see it? And notice what his prayer was. Father, notice, I really want you to see this. Notice what his prayer was. Excuse me. Father, the hour has come. Now, it's amazing that you can know some things in your spirit. When you understand your divine assignment, your divine appointment, you know some things. Your spirit knows some things. Can you see it? Notice he said, Father, the hour has come. Meaning, I already know what I was here for. But now the hour has come. That means he was aware on the inside that he knew what he was born for. Right? I mean, think about this for a moment, the same as you and I in the body of Christ. You know, you may go through some struggles. You may go through some challenges here and there. That's the reason why I say your foundation has to be unshakable. It has to be solid. Because you will have trouble. You will have crisis. You will have a lot of things come your way to do it, to try to see can it shake you off of that foundation. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, it's to get you to see, to change your mind. Is there, the, is there another way? But Jesus recognized, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. That your son also may glorify you. Meaning, manifest in me. What it is that you have called me to walk out. That I may manifest you, you, that the world may see. Huh? 
He didn't do it for himself. Now notice this. He said, as you have given him authority over all flesh. What does that simply mean? That means because there's no other flesh that was able to bring forth our salvation, to bring forth our redemption. Oh, ho, ho. Are you understanding this? Can you see it? Notice this. He said, you have given him authority over all flesh. All. And notice this. He said, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Hmm? So now it's a, it, it will be a matter of choice, of choosing. Hmm? Now remember, the purpose, the purpose of Jesus coming into the earth or God manifesting himself as a man was to redeem, was to restore and put us back in a rightful place as it was in Genesis 1. I call it the law of Genesis. For what? So that you and I can call those things that be not as though they were. Why? Say, well, why would I need to call those things that be not as though they were? Because you got a body that's still not totally saved. Hmm? You got a body that's not free from sickness. You got a soul that still can be affected by mental deficiency. Huh? But now that I have this new life on the inside of me, I do have my glorified body that has awaited me, glorified body and a glorified soul. But what do I do now between now and when I stand before Jesus? Are you getting this? So he's given us his word. Huh? That whereas now I can take authority of my body when there's a deficiency or when something is acting up, sometimes it's not so much of me speaking to my body. Sometimes the Holy Spirit lets you know your body is, it has a deficiency. And it won't tell you you got a deficiency. You just may have a desire for uh, green. For greens. So that means, you know, he may be telling you, you know, green, mustard green, collard green, broccoli asparagus. See? Why? Your body has a deficiency that whereas it needs more green. Are you, are you are you getting what I'm saying? All the time you don't he's not going he's not talking to you in a in a sentence per se. It just in your spirit you just know. You see what he said Jesus said right there in verse 1, "Father, the hour has come." Uh, he knew what his hour, the hour where he was to be, what the purpose of his birth. And he said, and you have given him authority over all flesh, right? And then verse 3 says, and this is eternal life that they may know you. Uh-oh, you missed that. Remember I talked about in the garden? 
God did not want them to know good nor evil. God wanted them to know him. What did Jesus say? And this is life. This is eternal life. That they may do what? Know you. There it is again. What are we doing? We're seeing a, the Bible is it's repetitive. I'm talking about God's original intent. The purpose of redemption is to bring us back in alignment, in an agreement that we can still call those things that be not as though they were. So if my body is acting up, my finance is looking funny, whatever it is, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I'm able to go to the word of life and draw from it and keep my marriage solid, keep my relationships strong, keep my body strong. What am I doing? I'm drawing from this life eternal that I have on the inside of me. It's on the board, right? And this is life eternal. That they may know thee. <laughs> you can't know him without being born again. That was Jesus' purpose saying, the hour has come, now glorify thou, son, that the son may glorify thee. In other words, put me in this position that you had destined for me to be in, that you may get the glory and the honor that's due your name from the foundations of the world. And that's why he did it. So that you and I will have opportunity to do what? Again, to call those things that be not as though they were. And I know sometimes when we hear these things and we, you know, some of you, you that hear, you hear all the time, but then there are some that may hear these things, how can that be? How can I call for something that be not as though they were? We do it every day. You either do it by your phone or when you get to the house, if you have one of them little smart thermostat, you can set it from your, from your phone. What are you doing? You got 85 degrees in your house and you're sitting it at 72. You're using that thermostat, that little smart device, to connect to, to that thermostat at your house. And what is it doing? And it's, it, you set it on 72 and it goes to work on your behalf. Right? Until it does. Until what? It reached the desired temperature. Is that correct? Huh. We do it all the time. But when it comes to spiritual truths, it appears it doesn't work. Why? Number one, because you can't see it like you see the thermostat. You can't touch it like your little device, whether it be your iPad or your phone. Right? You can't feel it. Right? So 
how can I go about trusting something that I can't touch, I can't feel, and I can't see? And so when we say by faith, we have to, we have to define that. Because for so long, I live with the same subject and say, yeah, well, we have it by faith. But then I began to realize I had some hiccups in my life when I said by faith. You know what I mean by some hiccups? They didn't all come to pass. They didn't all work. And the reason why, number one, they didn't work because, number one, I didn't know what it meant to be by faith. I just took what somebody said. What I heard that they heard somebody say. It's not that they didn't know. I didn't fully understood. That's right. Until I became a student of this word, what does this life eternal mean? How can I call those things? What qualify me to call those things that be not as though they were? Now remember, I'm talking in the light of our redemption that we have. I'm not speaking in the light of the flesh. I'm speaking of in the light of the redemption that we have, that Jesus, in these first five verses, who qualified us to be able to do this. Are you following me? So when we say by faith, what do we mean? And I know we can all have various answers. But, you know, to, to understand what faith is, what is faith? Faith is a belief in something or someone. That's what faith is. You're, in Mark eleven twenty two, let's, let's uh, try to put that up there for a moment, uh, Casey, and remember to come back to this. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus, after he spoke to the fig tree, well, let's start at verse 13, verse 12. Let's start at verse 12 of Mark 11. We hear these verses and we hear them, but we don't allow the Holy Spirit to give us light, to give us understanding. Remember, the Holy Spirit is always speaking in the original intent of God's mindset. You didn't get that. The Holy Spirit is always speaking in the original intent of God's mindset. And it would be through God and it would be through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's the same original intent to get us to do what? To function as a spirit being like him. It's not about making the fig tree do what it's supposed to do. God wanted a people, a family he can commune with. Hmm? We can do things in the natural. It's proof we can do things in the natural to make the thermostat drop 10 degrees with a little smart device. Right? So when we say our faith is in something or someone because faith can be in the natural, the same way as it is in the, in the word of God. Okay? So let's qualify this. So we say, you know, our faith that we have is so that we can bring it, so that we can get back to God's original intent 
of how he created things. Now, so what was that word I gave y'all just before that? That, that quotation, I, that quote I just gave y'all. About faith. And belief in someone or something, but I said something that was, that came out of my spirit. And I, I okay, so it still went, okay, all right. On the morrow, when they will come from Bethany, the Holy Spirit going to bring it back. He was hungry. Next verse. And seeing a fig tree fall off having leaves, he came, if happily, he may find anything thereon. Right? He came to the tree. Why would he go to a tree that don't have anything? That you're the creator of. Remember, he's the word manifested in the flesh. Hmm? Twofold. Number one, to manifest God's creation to show that, hey, the word works. Huh? Oh. Okay. If happily he find anything thereon, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs were not yet. That's what the tree said. Right? Next verse, Casey. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Jesus responded. He answered. And the disciples did what? Heard it. Why? Because Jesus is, he is authentically putting things back in God's original intent the way he created. That's what it was I was saying. Jesus was manifested in the flesh to bring forth God's original intent from the foundations of the world. That tree got out of its order. As a lot of things in our life will get out of its order. But your point, you and I have been appointed with this anointing, with this authority of Jesus to do what? To bring it back the way it's supposed to. The word became flesh to reveal it to us. Right? The same word that became flesh went to hell and died and laid there three days and three nights so that our spirit will be born anew so that we are able to go back and do what God originally intended for us to do. Right? How many understood what I just said? Okay. Yes. The word supersedes the natural. You have no evidence in the flesh. All your evidence is in God's word. It's in God and it's in his word. And you can't separate the two. They are one of the same. Are you following me? All right. Next verse, uh, go to uh, verse 20, case. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw what? The fig tree dried up from the roots. 
They saw. They saw. What did they see? What he said. Huh? What did Genesis 1 say? And God said, and when God said, and what? And God saw. Right? I'm telling you, if that is the case, then guess what? When you see something and you begin to call those things the way that God originally intended it to be, then you need to be able to see and then you need to be able to say, I saw. Huh? Yeah. I saw. You first see through perception within yourself. Come on now. Come on. It's your perception that gets you to see, that gets you to speak, that gets you to say, that got you to call those things that be not as though they were. It's in the natural that you saw what you said came to pass. Y'all with me? <laughs> and then the, they said, they saw, what did they see? They saw the fig tree what? How could they see it? They didn't see it at first. Go back to verse 14, our case. And Jesus answered unto it, no man eat fruit of it forever. And the disciples did what? They heard it. Right? What did they hear? They didn't see the fig tree dry up. They heard what he said. They heard what the words said. That's why you and I are born again. You're not speaking out of your feelings. You're not speaking out of your emotion. You're not speaking out of your flesh. You're speaking out of your spirit or you're speaking out of the word. And notice this. And then when you speak out of your spirit by the word, then it is called faith. Are y'all getting this? That's when we say by faith. Why? Because first of all, it's out of of my spirit, which is out by the word, out of the word, by the word. Can you see it? So you're, you're, you're speaking from that part of you that's been born again, been born anew. Jesus' spirit has not become the sin substitute for you and I at the moment. He's teaching us as one how you should look in your spirit, how you should think, how your perception should be in your thought life. He's showing you what a spirit-filled man should look like before he goes to the cross. He's teaching you what a spirit-filled man should sound like before he went to the cross. Because hmm? after he get up, from the cross, I mean, after he, after he get up, he has no more right to do these things. 
Because you don't have a physical body. Oh. Oh, my. See, you and I have a physical body. And he's given us this authority. What he did before he went to the cross. All he did was doing what? Speaking of what he originally, what the original intent of God's mindset was in the beginning. He just born in the flesh to recreate or to show us how God's mindset has not changed from calling those things that be not. In other words, you have to see it in you. And the word of God gives you perception. Hmm? It's the word that gives you the perception. It's the word that gives you the imagery. Hmm? And then it's the word that goes to tell you, put upon you, not call that, say that. You may not hear that, but you got an impression on the inside of you. It could never lead you wrong. It's God speaking to you. Or it could be your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit will not speak of its own. Only that which it hears of the Father and of the Son. Why? Because the Father became the Son in the flesh and spoke and did the same thing. That's why you hear me keep going back over this. God's original intent is in jeopardy here. God is not saying, wait, 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 wait a minute, boys. This is the 21st century, and these are some different kind of folks in the 21st century. <laughs> we got we to re, reshuffle the board here, re Rethink things. That's a different breed of people that over there now. Huh? That's not God. God, the word is eternal. Remember he said the word is life eternal? It will work in any generation and it will work every time a a spirit, a, a man, a woman that is a spiritual species that is born of God, put it to work. Hmm? Why would Jesus answer and say, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever? Well, number one, he is the word of God, John 1, 1. He is the word. And the word was the creator of that tree. So the, so the word took upon itself flesh. Let's put that up, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh. Or the word was made flesh. 
the word was what? What was the word? It was what? Made. That, that, that means it wasn't always like that. It was made flesh. To do what? To demonstrate to you and I, God has not changed his mindset of his original intent. What is God's original intent? Calling those things that be not. The purpose of your redemption is so that you will not have anything holding you hostage in your spirit while you can't call those things that be not as though they were. See, we hold ourselves hostage in the flesh because we try to judge by, you know, how good we are or how naughty we were to see whether or not God will hear us. God don't hear you on those conditions. God hear you on the basics. When Jesus said, glorify, Father, I am here to glorify thee that you may glorify thy son. Why? So that I can get back in my original place with you from the beginning. And we won't have to go through this no more. Amen? So, and the word was made flesh, and it dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. That means his manifested presence, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father at that time, full of grace and full of truth. So you can't have one without the other. Look what came with truth, what came with grace, truth. Can you see it? All right. Now, go back. Case of where we were. Mark 11. <coughs> Excuse me. And in the morning, as they passed by, they did what? They saw the fig tree which Jesus spoke to dried up. They first they did what? Heard it. Huh? And then, then what? They what? Saw. Right? Jesus didn't have to hesitate whether or not, you know, when they heard it, you got to understand. When God said, let the earth bring forth water or let the earth bring forth dry ground, the water's divided. We got, I forgot how many, seven seas, four oceans. Those are huge bodies of water. As big as our country is, as, as powerful as it is, we don't have no type of technology to hold back that water. The earth can still be swallowed up by water. Those waters, those seas, those oceans are under the, the rest are the command of the word of God. And guess what? It's the word of God that you and I are born again. It's the word of God that we live out of. It's the word of God that when we say things change. 
Hmm? Those oceans, those seas, yes, you may have a storm and the water may come aboard. It may get up 20, 25, 30 feet or whatnot. But guess what? It has to recede. Why? It's under the command of God. But to keep it from getting that way, we have to be the one to say, no, no, you'll not get up to that. You'll not do that. You stay where God put you. That's where you and I are come in. And I can hear somebody say, oh, that, that, that don't work. Not for you, it won't. Everybody have what they say. Right or wrong, everybody have what they say. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. Next verse, Casey. Verse 21. And Peter called into remembrance and said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. Notice Peter say, not the tree that we cursed. Because we wasn't in it. We wasn't show. We were, we were just with you. We heard. Right? Next verse. What was Jesus' response? Have faith. I'm going to do all that to give y'all these three words right there. Four words right there. Have faith in God. Your faith is in God always. Your faith, when it's in God, your faith is in his word. Your faith is in the redeemer. It's in the God that was manifested in the flesh. So when we say have faith in God, we're talking about not just have faith. And when we say just have faith in God. No, I want you to have a concept. God was manifested in the flesh. Right? Have faith in God. Why would that still? Why, why, would, why would Jesus make that kind of statement? Have faith in God. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 5 or 17 said, if therefore, if any man, that's any mankind, be in Christ, they are what? A new creature, a creature or a creation. And old things have passed away. What old thing? That old nature that you and I was conceived in. It put us in bondage. It, it brought us, it put us in captivity. Right? Have faith in God. So how does one know that they are in faith with God? Now that we know, when we say have faith in God, now that we know what faith is, how does one know when they are in faith with God? Number one, you have to know whether it's his will or not. Okay, some people will say, oh, there we go. How do I know what his will is? 
Well, let me help you. Very simple. Number two, his will is his word. So now that's resolved. <laughs> right? His will is his word. God will never speak contrary to his word. Right? So how do we know we are in faith? Okay, here we go. Next verse, Casey. For verily I say unto you, or as one old translation say, surely, surely, or verily, verily, I say unto you. That means it's important. That whosoever that believe God, now that believe in him. Whosoever shall say to this mountain. And this mountain is anything that appears like a mountain that won't move. Whether it be a sickness, a disaster, whatever it may be. When your faith is in God. It have to correct itself. So Jesus is not getting ready to show you whether you are in faith. He said that whosoever should say to this mountain. He's telling you the reason why I have faith in God. The reason why I was able to speak to that tree. My faith was just not in the world. My faith was in God. God created that tree that tree came forth out of God. Hmm? He spoke it. That's right. Hmm? Be thou removed. Now we're trying to show you what faith is in God in God is. You have to make a statement. You have to, you're making a statement. You're making a stand on. What you got a right to? What I have a right to is what I see what my Lord has done. What I hear what he did. How he did it. I'm not, I'm not using my mind to try to figure this out. Because your understanding will never get you over there. Okay? Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt where? In his heart. That's where, why you're here today. Or why you're listening. So that I can do what? I can starve out my doubts. My unbelief. And my fears. They're always with you. Because of the physical side of you. But you get to the place. Just because they're with you, that don't mean they could be in you. Right? You have to make the choice. I choose faith over fear. Right? So he said, and shall not doubt in his heart. See, that's the key right there. Because why? In your mindset, 
you'll always say, how can I make this fig tree? How can I speak to this fig tree? And in 24 hours, this thing is dried up in this room. Come on. Or how can I speak to a sickness that is in, it's in a terminal situation that whereas my, this cancer in, this, in my body can dry up? See, it's not the word that can't heal. It's your heart that's filled with doubt that keep the word from healing. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Your heart is how you think. In other words, your heart would be, what are you listening to? Who are you hearing? What are you giving your attention to? Hmm? Because wherever you're giving your most attention, that is where your that's, that is what you're going to draw from the most. Whatever you're giving your attention to, that's where you're going to draw from the most in that situation. In our modern day like this, a lot of Christians don't like to hear the word of God in this, in this area like this. But this is how it's supposed to be. This is God's original intent for you and I to do what? Because we are on the earth. God is on the earth with us, but God is on the earth working through us if we let him. If we let him. He's not asking you. He's asking you to let him dwell in you as a temple so that the same grace that Jesus manifested in the earth, I want to manifest it through you. You have his life in you. I want to minister to you through that life. But how often we're looking at it from the perspective, what I can and what I can't do. And every time you're going to fail, every time you're going to hit a snag. Because you can't do it in yourself. You're not supposed to be able to see it in yourself. That's why our faith is in God. I don't have to see it. I don't have to feel it. Huh? I do have to know what his word says. And then I'm able to walk away with a confidence and an assurance. Oh, I got that. Well, well where that? Get to speak in that good English. Where that? Just it's coming. Just keep watching, huh? Why? Because you're not speaking. You're not speaking presumptuously. You're speaking out of a revelation of knowing God, huh? Remember, your faith is in Him. Right? Why? Because he's the author of words. He's the author of life. He's the creator of heaven and earth. 
Why go through all of this to get me become born again? Why go through all of this to become a, you know, become a man? Born of a virgin, conceived by the by the Holy Spirit. Go to hell three days and three nights and be raised up again and be and seated at the right hand of the Father. Why go through all of that if I can't manifest God? Why? Now that would be tragedy or that would just be worthless. Why go through all of that if I can't call those things that be not as though they were like God did it, like Jesus did it? Why? You need to ask yourself those questions. Say, well, I don't know if it's going to come to pass for me. Okay, you got an issue. You got an issue here. Because number one, you're still trying to conceive through your head. You're still trying to conceive through your feelings. Are you understanding what I'm saying? No. The Holy Spirit enlightens you and I. Notice he said, and shall not doubt in his heart. And the reason why he said that, because why? Your soul has to be the filter of receiving God's word so that it can paint an imagery in your mindset of what it is that's coming to you. Either you reject it or you receive it. Huh? It take a moment for it to grow in you. It take a moment for you to be a... You know, acclimated to it. I remember one time, you know, when they started putting these uh, vinyl flowing, laminate flowing in a, in a place. You have to let it sit. And some of them floors are still like that. It has to sit in the atmosphere of where it's going for 24 hours for it can become acclimated to that environment. Yeah. Your soul has to become, it has to filter. That word has to filter through your soul so it can become acclimated with the Zoe life of God that's flowing through your spirit to your soul. It ain't flowing from your spirit to your body. That's the reason why God put Adam in that, not Adam, Moses in that cliff. Because if Moses would have saw the fullness of God, he'd have just blew up. The only reason why you and I won't blow up, because God lived on the inside of us. Moses didn't have that. Can you see it? You have something that Moses only had a type of. His glory, his goodness is in you and I. Amen? So when he say doubt not in your heart, what is he trying to say? That word has to filter through your soul so that it can manifest 
in your body because your soul, it is the anchor for your body. Your spirit is the anchor for your soul. Hmm? So your soul is the anchor for your body, and that's the reason why it has to filter through your soul. Because when the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart. So in order for you to think a certain way, what's the first thing you got to do? You got to hear. You got to hear. So what did the disciples say? When, when Jesus spoke to the tree, the Bible said, and the disciples did what? Heard. They heard it. And then they what? 24 hours, then they what? They saw it. They saw what? What did they saw? What he heard? What they heard? Same thing about God. When he created the heaven and earth, God said, and God saw, it's good. God saw, what did he saw? The earth brought forth grass. He called it, the earth brought forth grass. There was nobody else there. So the same God that brought forth everything that you and I have a right to, regardless of what chaos, what catastrophic, uh, whatever event can take place, God is still God. He didn't make things out of stuff. God made things out of his word. And his word come from him. He gave words meaning. Huh? That's like today, people giving words a new meaning. You can give words another meaning all you want, but it's not going to change God's mind. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? He's God. He is the original, authenticated one of words of what they mean. Everything that God said, it was full of life. And that's why he said, Jesus said, I came, John 10, 10, I came that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. The same life that God had in the beginning. In this mortal body. Not in a glorified body, in a mortal body, because this mortal body can be submitted to the immortal word. That's why you got to filter through your soul. It just can't come up on you all at one time. It just overwhelms you. You'll pass out. Hmm? Think about how sometimes if your physical body is off balance. If there are things in your physical body not right, you just pass out. Your design, your body is, your body is, is designed by God to do the thing that it does. So your so 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 your your soul is that filter that of uh, send 
send it to your physical body so that it can absorb. It can see it. But when your physical body is out of balance, you pass out. Or something wrong, some people just drop dead. Huh? So the glory of God not going to just go from your spirit or from the spirit just to your body. It'll just knock you out. You just you you you, you might not just get up. Then sometimes you say, I don't want to get up. <laughs> All right. So now notice this. So he said, and shall not doubt where? In his heart. So again, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man what? Think it. In his heart, so what? Is he? But before you could think a certain way, you got to hear it in a certain light. You're only speaking how you hear yourself saying. That's Luke 8, 18. You're only speaking of how you hear yourself say. What do you hear yourself say? Because whatever you're hearing that's why you are saying. Whatever you are saying, that's the choices you automatically going to make. Your, your chooser, your will is a chooser. It When you think a certain way, it automatically puts you in a certain way to choose. You understand what I'm saying? I can go out there and cut a three by three patch of grass out outside, whatever that's in there, take it all out, get the root system out, and plant me some Bermuda in that in that in that patch right there. What do you think you're gonna do? That ground is not gonna determine, say, no, I have St. Augustine here. I only grow St. Augustine. Huh? I've been having St. Augustine since this place been here. Now I'm no no, I'm not changing. I'm gonna grow St. Augustine. Some of y'all don't even know St. Augustine from Bermuda. So it <laughs> it's a different ground. But guess what? The ground don't have that right. The ground is automatic. It automatically goes into working whatever is in there. You plant whatever it is, Bermuda grass. Whatever ground, Bermuda grass or St. Augustine or centipede or zoysia, whatever type of grass, it automatically go to work to do what? To bring forth whatever is in that seed. It's automatic. It doesn't disciple. It doesn't disciple which one. It's automatic. How many understand what I'm saying? So, notice. He said, and shall not doubt in his heart. Meaning, 
in order for me to doubt in my heart against what the word says, it's because I've been hearing something different other than what the word says. Sometimes you get our diagnostics about something. You hear what the doctors say. You hear what your bankers say. But then you hear what the word says. Now you have to be the one to make the decision which way you're going to go. Who are you going to believe? <coughs> Excuse me. Huh? How many understand what I just said? So you see the doubt going to come in because of what you've been thinking on the most. Well, you have a terminal illness. It can't be reversed. All right. That's, that, that's his diagnostic. But again, when you know God, God would never put a partial thing upon you and say, well, you come to the end, son. I can't help you. No. He wouldn't be God. If you say, God, I'm at the end. They say it's terminal. They say it can't be reversed. They say I only have a few months. But the Bible says, Abraham said, what says the scripture? <laughs> Let's look at that for a moment. Come right back. Uh, Romans chapter 4. Start at verse 1. Uh, yeah, Romans 4. What shall we say then? That Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found. What did he find? For if Abraham were justified by work, that means by an act of something he did, he has whereof to glory, but not before God. So this gives you an indication. You may have a negative report. Huh? But notice this. In order for it, he said, but not before God. God got to have you and I always in a place I can't. He can He got to always have you in a place. I can't. You can. Hmm? Are y'all following what I'm saying? Let me say it to you again. You have to. God always wants us in a place where I can't, but He can. Not only can He, but He will if I let Him. Because in letting him, now you got to be ready for this, it's going to appear at times he's not even there. It's going to appear that God, and he didn't went, he, he needs some hearing aids. <laughs> God may need some glasses. <laughs> Are y'all following what I'm saying? It will.
will appear when you are trusting him. This is the reason why you cannot substitute the word for foolishness. You got to know that this is God's original intent. This is the authenticated way of God and he does not change. And when you understand that and you got a report that says something totally different, I can go to the authenticated way of how God think, what was God's mindset, and why he sent himself as a man born of a virgin, died three days and three nights in hell, and rose again and ascended at the right hand of the Father for me if I can't get this. If I can't get what he done for me, if I can't enjoy it, why die for me? Why suffer for me? Why become a man for me if I can't enjoy the benefits? Boy, look, you see it got quiet all over the place. I'm telling you, I know that's really probably even on Facebook. Hmm. Notice this. Next, next, next verse, Casey. For what says the scripture? That's what you and I have to always go to first. What says the word? What says the scripture? Yeah, I know I got this negative report. Yeah, I know I screwed up. But what says the scripture? See? Remember, it's not based on my merits. It's not based on what I can or cannot do. My faith is in God. Hmm? See, all of this is in your redemption. The power of our redemption, notice it, this is the reason why our redemption is so emphatically that you got to have a solid foundation. Understand that you have been redeemed from sin. You have been forgiven, forgiven of sin. You've been redeemed from all sickness and disease, from poverty, from shame, from guilt, from condemnation, from mental disability, whatever it may be. I am the redeemed of the Lord. Notice what I said. I am the redeemed. I've been repurchased back for God's original authenticated way of how he created the heaven and the earth. You don't have that on the inside of you down packed, locked and secure, then you will go with any old Joe Doe who will try to fabricate words, try to make it sound good or whatnot. Go ahead on with your smooth self. Hmm? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is where this. if you want to see miracles, you want to live the the, the best life, you're going to have to be sold out. And you're going to have to know your God. You, 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 can't, you just can't be talking about him. You got to know him. And you got to know him in a way that whereas, no, 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 this is not, this not right. 
I mean, sometimes it takes the Holy Ghost to pull you back to no, 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 no. They not, they not, they don't want this. That's how eager we should be to do what? To bring it back the way it's supposed. Some people don't want it back the way it is. I'm gonna lose my disability. <laughs> right? I'm gonna lose my social security. Huh? No. 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 What says the scripture? Abraham believed God. That is. Hmm? You tell me that's what I got to do. Yep. And it was what? Counted unto him for what? For righteousness. There was nothing he could do to earn it. Hmm? Abraham simply believed God and it was counted. Because Jesus hadn't come and consummated. But it was counted to why? Because he believed God. Is that right? All right, let's look at this a little bit more. Go to verse 13, Casey. No, go look at verse 12, verse 12. Mm -hmm. I'll drop right in there. Okay, can't do that. Okay, go back to verse 4, and let's go through it. Now to him that work it, in other words, what you do is not reward. I mean, is the reward, is reward not. Reckon of grace, but what? Of a debt. In other words, if it's, if it's something you did to earn, it's not of grace, but it is of a debt that owed. Right? Now look at the next verse. But to him that worketh not, that doesn't mean you don't work. In other words, you cannot bring forth what God wants of you through works or through an act or through self-righteousness or through some self-worth of yourself. It's not going to happen. That's what he's speaking of. No need. No need. None. See, it said, but to him that worketh not. Because you can't. I mean, you, you got to look at this from Abraham's perspective. He's speaking from a hundred-year-old man now. Hmm? But believe it on him that what? That justified the ungodly. What did he do? Believe it on him that justified or made righteous the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Huh? That's simple. 
That's right. The reason why I go to Abraham because God, this is the covenant. There were many covenants of the old covenant, but this is the covenant that gave us entrance back into the kingdom of God. Are you understand what I'm saying? Watch this. Next verse, Casey. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness. Look at that. What our works? Isn't that something? In other words, what do you think about the word, the word impute? When you hear the word. Enforce. Or what? No. Yeah, to sin. He, he did not sin transgression. He said, unto whom God imputed. Give me the, give me the, the classic amplify for a moment. Excuse <coughs> me. Uh, oh, there we go. David congratulated the man and pronounced what? A blessing on him to whom God credited righteousness apart from the works he does. Watch it. Go to the next verse, Casey. Blessed and happy and envy are those whose iniquities are forgiven. This is David. Whose sins are covered up and completely buried. David saw this as an old covenant man. That God was not imputing sin to nobody. Verse 8, put it back in King James, or NLT. Yes, what joy for those whose record, who record the Lord has what? A record the Lord has what? Cleared of what? Sin. <laughs> it said, yes, what joy for those Whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. This is, this is the reason why you could be healed from this incurable disease. This cancer. Because the sin is the reason for the disease. So you deal with the sin... Now, notice this. There is no way that the word will not penetrate. Right? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Next verse, Casey. Now, this is the blessing. Notice it. Is this blessing only for the Jews or for the uncircumcised Jews? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of what? His faith. That's right. 
But how did this happen? Oh, we're getting down to the good point. Was it counted as righteous only after he was circumcised? Nope. Or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, it says, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. The circumcision was just an outward seal of the covenant, of the promise. It's like your water baptism. Water baptism is an outward sign that you and I been born again. We belong to God. We will raise a new person out of that water. So, amen. So now notice this. Is that the, is that the verse? But how did this happen? Oh, next verse. Go to go. Circumcision was a sign that God already had faith. And that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous. Notice this is all on who? God. And we say our faith has to be where? In God. Notice this. Even before he was circumcised, so Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. And that was happened with a lot of the Jews. If you hadn't been circumcised, then guess what? Then you can't be, you're not a part of the faith. Even in our natural uh, uh, Western civilization, people thought they, you know, well, we need to have all your sons need to be circumcised in order to be part of the covenant with God. That's not what that means. Yeah. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Notice this in verse, the next verse. I want y'all to pay close attention to these next verses. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who've been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. What kind of faith Abraham had? What was Abraham's faith? Go back to verse 3, Casey. What was Abraham's faith? For the scripture tells us, Abraham did what? He believed God. Right? Now, in order for you to see all of this, what I'm talking about, in its full, now I've done a full six-week teaching on this. You got to go back and look at Genesis chapter 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 21, those are chapters. This is a condensed version, okay? Now go back to verse, what is that, 13, uh, Casey? He said, clearly God promised to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendant was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a what? See what I'm saying? That's what I've been trying to show you all along. It's the relationship that God is looking for. That comes how? By faith. Next verse, Casey. And we're going to close. We're going to, you know, we've been going by the 
if God promised is only for those who obey the law, then faith is what? It's not necessary. And the promise is what? Pointless. Because it's not based on laws. It's based on a belief. That's why your faith has to be in God so when you get a negative report, you can be able to invite this and say, uh-uh. You, you may be shaking for a moment. The hair, your beard may rattle for a moment. But you're going to come back and say, no, no, I got a covenant with God. He promised me. That's what he want me to do. That's the purpose of his death. That's the purpose of his, his, his being in hell for three days and three nights. So when he raised anew, I, that's the life that I got in me that believed God. Your flesh don't believe God, but your faith, your spirit, it believed God. That's what he's talking about. You believe God. That's right. If God promised it's only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. Next verse. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. Why? Because it's never good enough. You're never going to arrive. It's ne you're never going to arrive. No matter if you did nine out of ten things right, it's it going to point. What about this? If you got the 10 out of 10, what, what about this? You broke them all. That's exactly right. And so if I, if I don't follow this, then I guess it goes back to, again, what the, the scripture says, but I have a matter of choice. And the consequence is that follows my choice. Mm-hmm. And that's what it. And that's what sometimes people, they don't want to accept the consequences. When you live in the flesh... The consequences of that is going to manifest itself. I don't care who you are. That's why you should live, you and I, this life that you have in us, you're living life, you're living life, you're living your life out of him. You're allowing him to channel through you so you're living your life now in him. The life that he was raised up from the dead that gave me the victory, that's how I'm living my life. My actions are affected by it. My behavior are affected by it. My attitude is affected by it. Everything I do is affected by that life that's in me now. Now, you don't get that overnight. Okay? Because sometimes people hear that, and then you get condemned. Okay? I want to talk to you uh, about repentance, but I can't do that right now <clears throat> because this this it's gonna take too much. So I'll, tomorrow morning I'm gonna talk about it. But but uh, look, notice this. It said, "For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break." Glory to God, and that's what grace is. Why? Because you're born anew. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Next verse, Casey. So the promise is received how? By faith. It is given as what? A free gift. And we are all 
certain to receive it. Oh, and we what? We are all certain that we will what? All will receive it. Why? Because it's by faith. Notice this. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. Just give me a couple more minutes. I'm going to finish this up. Look at the next verse. That is what the scripture means. When God told us, I made you the father of many nations. This happens because Abraham believed in the God who bring the dead back to life. Not just the physical death, but spiritually as also. He said, who bring the dead back to life, who create new things out of nothing. Abraham's body was good as dead. Watch this, look at the next few verses. Even when there was no reason for hope. Oh man, see, boy, I'm getting to the scriptures that whereas I, I got to keep moving. Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Now, go back to, put this in it. The King James, go back, watch this. I like the old King James when they put this. Who against hope? He believed in hope. In other words, that was no physical hope. No physical hope mean he looked at him. He looked at Sarah. Uh-uh. Sarah looked at him. She looked at her. Mm-mm. Right? Where did the hope come from? The word that God gave him. That seed should come from your own law. Next verse, Casey. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. What changed? His belief was where? In God. God brought him to the play that he believed God. That's why, you know, the scripture said, like the, the man Jairus in the Amplified Luke 8, 49, said, he said, be not alarmed, be not seized, Believe in me that I'm able to do this. That means they brought the report, hey, your daughter is dead. Jesus didn't let Jairus speak. He was devastated. But Jesus spoke up and said, be not alone. Be not seized. Be not struck with fear. Simply believe in me as I'm able to do that. And Gerald just kept on going. And he got to the house, what? The girl was raised from the dead. You got to stay in faith. And when I say stay in faith, you got to stay on the word of God's original intent. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care if you don't feel nothing. I don't care if you don't see nothing. I believe God. I got a relationship. I can't see God. I can't feel God. But I got a relationship with him. 
Je, je, je. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now and dead when he was about a hundred years old and neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He was not weakened in faith by what he saw. He staggered not. Think about that word for a moment. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Why? Because that was enough there to... To show you in the natural, this can't happen. But he was strong in faith, doing what? Giving glory to God. That's where you are. When you are strong in faith, you start giving glory to God. Even though you can't feel it, you can't see it, you can't touch it. I praise you, oh God. I praise you, Father. I love you, Lord. I thank you. And you can look down. Why? Because he lives inside of you. Yeah, that's that's uh that's uh that's Mark. What is that? Mark twenty twenty one. When uh when yeah, that's uh that's Mark. No, that's John. That's John twenty one. That whereas it blessed are those who believe and yet they have not seen. He said, Thomas, you believe because you see. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And that's where our faith is. Our faith is in God. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to see it. And that's what the enemy does. He tried to put pressure on you using your natural mind and trying to use natural faith equate to spiritual faith. And I'm trying to tell you it will throw you off. It will throw you off. Yeah. So, in closing, one more verse. One more verse, Casey. This is one of my favorite scriptures. This is when I know. This is what keep me in faith. And being fully persuaded that what God had promised. Knows what I said. What God had promised. He, God, was able to perform. That's what Abraham got to that place. Because he knew. That was a biological miracle. God had to touch their body with the word for them to do, for them to accept it, for the word to do, to make them come together. Couldn't happen no other way. The reason why it was like that, because just as that seems impossible, think about a virgin, the seed of a woman, bringing forth God in her body. The word got Abraham and Sarah to connect. The word had to conceive in Mary's womb when she said, be it unto me according to your handmaid. And the angel left. Why? Because she was in faith. Can y'all see that? Did y'all learn anything today?